We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready, down, put, 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 put. This is the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming. Aaron Lemming providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Pearson. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming, and we are going to break down everything from the Chicago Bears' recent loss against the Philadelphia Eagles. They have dropped seven straight, three more games left on the year, and three tough ones as they host the Buffalo Bills on Christmas Eve. They go to Detroit to play Detroit Lions the week after, and then they are home in Minnesota to play Minnesota in the season finale. And we're going to break all that down and, and what to look forward to um, as these final three weeks um, come to a close here. And uh, Aaron, I guess let's start off with that. I mean, there's three weeks left for me. This is all about evaluation. And I think last Sunday, despite a loss against, you know, the NFL's best team, the best defense, one of the best offenses, I actually thought the Bears played pretty well under the circumstances of having a lot of injuries, suffering more injuries in the game, and just, you know, not really being a good football team right now. Yeah, I think I think you kind of nailed it on the head right now. It's just all about evaluation and survival, right? I mean, like they're taking a crazy amount of injuries lately. Um, and unfortunately, it's starting to kind of hit guys that you actually want to see. And that's, you know, obviously the unfortunate part about, um, you know, getting towards the end of a 17-game season and a rebuild is – there's just there's just not going to be a lot of meaningful snaps being taken by some of these guys. But yeah, I mean it's it's crazy because I mean, obviously they end up losing the game. Um, you know, the Eagles are the best team in football right now. The Bears are the second worst team in football right now. Um, but the fact that they kept it close and I mean that at one point obviously they led. I mean, they kept it within one score for the majority of the game. Like I mean, overall, you know, especially coming out of a bye, I mean, given the Bears history of coming out of bye weeks lately, they haven't won coming out of a bye week since 2013 in the Mark Tressman era. I mean, that just kind of gives you an idea of how long it's been since they've and frankly, I mean, since they've even looked good coming out of a bye. I think you'd have to probably go back to 2018. 
is a time when they were even really like overly competitive in a game coming out of a bye. And that was against the Miami Dolphins the year that frankly, they should have won that game. The heat just got to them at the end. They had an earlier bye. So yeah, I think, you know, I was overall, I thought it was a relatively enjoyable game, right? I mean, Justin Fields didn't play his best, but it's kind of hard to play your best when you get sacked six times, hit six times, and you're throwing like your best receiver that you're throwing to is Byron Pringle, Dante Pettis, and, December Webster I can't I don't even think you can count Bayless Jones at this point man I mean that is just that has been a disaster of a third round pick I thought it was going to be bad I thought it was a bad pick to begin with uh, I think you kind of agreed as well but this is going considerably worse than I thought it was it would for Bayless Jones Jr so hopefully this week um, they'll have Nikhil Harry back um, hopefully they'll have Chase Claypool back and, and and again like you said a lot of this has just come kind of comes down to evaluation in and kind of figuring out what you're going to have, you know, moving into the, you know, the kind of the middle and the bottom end of the roster and kind of shoring up some of the, maybe the questionable needs and figuring out, you know, what they really need to target moving forward. Yeah. It's all about evaluation. And we're going to talk more about that in, in this episode. And, and that's just the biggest storyline. I mean, they're, they're a team that has three wins. They've lost seven straight. They're three and 11 overall. They're not going to the playoffs. But there's at least there's some storylines because they are in a rebuild. They do have some young talent, um, mainly at the quarterback position. They also have decisions they're going to have to make on other guys um, in, in terms of contracts. So, you know, there's still a lot to kind of evaluate and pay attention to here in these final three games. And before we kind of get fully started with all that, though, we have to talk about our friends over at Manscaped. Support for the Bearport Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. The products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. They sent over a performance package for me. I love it. You get the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. You get the weed whacker ear, nose, and hair trimmer. You get the crop pres- preserver. You get the toner. You get boxer briefs. You get chapstick. Um, they sell... Um, body wash, shampoo, and conditioner. All that stuff is great. You can join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BEARREPORT. That's code BEARREPORT at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 14 million balls out there. All right, Aaron, let's talk about the ball on the football field now after we got that all done. I look at this Eagles game, and I touched on it a little bit to open up this podcast. The Bears were without some key players. Nikhil Harry didn't play. Chase Claypool didn't play. Obviously, Eddie Jackson wasn't out there. Kendall Vildor was not out there. Um, They were kind of banged up on the offensive line as Tevin Jenkins left the game. Jack Sanborn left the game. EQ St. Brown left the game. And they still, in my eyes, outplayed the Eagles in the first half. Well, first quarter. They hung with them in the first half. They had opportunities. They could not take advantage of it. And then even with then going into the second half, they kind of hung around. And a, and a big reason why was their defense. And for me, this is the second straight game where Allen Williams has put together a really good defensive plan. If you only look at the box score, you're going to see Jalen Hurts over 300 passing yards, three rushing touchdowns. A.J. Brown had over 181 uh, um, receiving yards. Devontae Smith had a big day, 134, or something like that, um, receiving yards. But the box score didn't really tell the true story. The Bears played well enough on defense to win this game. And, you know, they couldn't capitalize on some other moments. Jalen Hurts made some big throws. 
The QB sneaks that the Eagles do with that formation is crazy. I don't, I have not seen that until now, um, firsthand. But I thought Allen Williams had another good game plan uh, going into this week. Yeah, I did too. And, you know, that's kind of why I, I know Allen Williams has caught quite a bit of flack from Bears fans this year because the defense has been considerably worse than expected. But I, I think it's worth keeping in mind that, you know, they traded away Khalil Mack. Um, obviously, Akeem Hicks didn't come back. Well, Nichols didn't come back. Eddie Goldman ended up being cut and then he retired. Robert Quinn was traded. Uh, Roquan Smith was traded. Like when you really start going through the roster, uh, especially when you're looking at that front seven, especially that defensive line, it, there's no talent, man. Like, and that's kind of the problem is like, I, I don't care how good of a defensive coordinator you are or are not. It's almost impossible to do anything with the lack of talent that the Bears have on that defensive line and that front seven as a whole. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. And it's unfortunate, obviously, that they lost Jack Sanborn, who went on IR today with an ankle injury uh, for the rest of the year. So, you know, he's gone. But I mean, when you really look at it, it's like they just don't have a lot of the horses up front. And, you know, with that being said, though, I think over the last few weeks, you know, going back to that Green Bay game, then obviously this this game against the Eels, uh, they're starting to do some good things. And I think the secondary is playing a hell of a lot better. I mean, if you go back and you look at that Green Bay game, I mean, they didn't have you know, they didn't have a single week one starter from the secondary that was actually playing in that game. And they still did a pretty good job of hemming in Aaron Rodgers and overall had a pretty solid game. And then going back to the game against the Eagles, uh, you know, you had, well, I guess Jalen Johnson would have been the only starter uh, in that Green Bay game because Jalen Johnson played, or did he not? I can't remember. Did he play or did he not? It's, I guess it's been a little too long. In the uh, Green Bay game? Yeah. I, um... I don't think he did. No, he did not. He did not yeah. play in the Green Bay game. Yeah, so you get Jalen Johnson back this week. Uh, you know, Jaquan Brisker and, and Kyler Gordon come back. Kyler Gordon had the interception. DeAndre Houston Carson has continually played relatively well, considering he's been mainly a special teams guy. Um, you know, even Jalen Jones, man. Jalen Jones has, has looked pretty solid. I don't know if he's like a long-term starter by any means, but I think he's proving that he can probably be some quality depth as an undrafted free agent. I mean, there are some positive things going on in the secondary for the Bears. And and, and I think that that's a plus because I think when you look towards next year in free agency, I think the, the primary focus defensively has got to be on the front seven. It's got to be, first of all, on that defensive line. I, I still have no clue what the hell they're going to do at defensive end at this point. I think they're going to be multiple different ways that they can improve the interior. And I think obviously, you know, three techs important and, and getting a nose tackle um, that can rush the passer like a drawn pain would also, you know, help them out a lot too. But uh, you know, the secondary is going to kind of have to hold up a little bit, you know, Eddie Jackson will obviously be back from injury. Juwan Brisker and Kyla Gordon will be in year two. Uh, they need to figure out what they're going to do with that other corner. And then obviously Jalen Johnson will be going into his fourth year and we'll see if he gets an extension, but I, I think, yeah, obviously the Bears are 3-11 and right now. Um, but I think that when you look at where they're at, I think there's light at the end of the tunnel. I think that we're seeing a team that severely lacks talent, right? I mean, I think we all kind of knew that going into the season, injuries, trades, everything else that has gone on. I think some people just overrating some of the uh you know, minuscule free agent signings that they've that they made this offseason, you know, like this team just lacks a lot of talent, but the good news is, is they're going to have an historic amount of cap space. They're going to have 
high round draft picks in every round except for I guess the second round at this point since they traded away that pick for Chase Claypool they still will have a second round pick but it'll be for Baltimore but they're going to have a lot of resources this offseason to be able to go in and do things and I think that that is what is so beneficial even if yes they're losing games yes you know it it kind of sucks you know they're on a seven game losing streak but at the same time like there are still things that they're figuring out about this roster and I, I think that when you're looking at depth, especially everybody wants to focus on the starters and, you know, obviously that's completely fair because that's what's going to make or break this team. But I think one of the more key components that a lot of people overlook with contending teams is how good their depth is. And this is kind of the point where you're going to start to figure out some of that, whether that's that receiver, whether it's on the offensive line, uh, you know, whether you're looking over at the, you know, at the defensive side of the ball and trying to figure out, you know, are any of the guys on the defensive line going to be worthwhile? Is, is uh, Nicholas Morrow worth, uh, you know, extending on a contract? I don't know. We'll have to see what happens there. I guess they could stick him at, you know, middle linebacker and then, you know, have Jack Sanborn play Sam and then go out and sign a free agent or draft somebody. I don't know. But I, I think that this is kind of the point where the, over these last three games where you're just again you're just kind of looking for positives and I think over the last few weeks even though yes they have lost I think there are plenty of positives to look at and I think that the overall identity of this team has shown through most of the year and I think one of the big things is yes the 3 and 11 they've lost a lot of games they've lost seven games in a row but for the most part man they've kept all these games within one score and I think that that says a lot considering the drastic talent deficiency um, that we've seen through the majority of this year. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, we have to make a correction. Jalen Johnson did play against Green Bay. I don't believe he played against the Jets. I think that's the game he missed. Um, but he did play against Green Bay. Your point is right, Aaron. I mean. When Allen Williams took over this job, I mean, he had Roquan Smith, he had Robert Quinn, he had Cleo Mack, and they, you know, kind of quickly dispose of them over time. There's not much talent right now um, on this defense aside from the secondary. I think your secondary is your strongest unit, and it's been your strongest unit all year. You mentioned Jalen Jones. He's a guy who, you know, may not be a top-end starter in this league, but he's given you a, a chance to make a decision. I mean, he's forcing you, okay, do we have something here with him? Do we, you know, move on from a Kindle builder or what do we do with our secondary this off season? Um, the safeties, Eddie Jackson's played well before he got hurt um, alongside Jaquan Brisker, you know, has a couple turnovers. Jaquan Brisker leads a team in sacks. Um, 
you know, things like that. Kyler Gordon played probably his best game of the year against the Eagles uh, with the interception. It was pretty good in the slot. Um, got beat a couple times, but I, I thought overall him and Jalen Johnson played well. It kind of goes back to that, you know, don't just look at the box score, um, watch the game and see the tape. But you're right, man. I mean, that defensive line, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to have to completely overhaul the defensive line with talent through the draft, free agency. Um, I've said it for a couple weeks now. They need an absolute game wrecker. Look at the two sides from this game. Look at the trenches. The Eagles, six sacks on, on um, Justin Fields. They were wreaking havoc in the backfield all game long. And if Justin Fields wasn't an athletic quarterback, they probably would have had about 10 and 11 sacks. You look at the Bears, they got one sack on Jalen Hurts, and it was pretty much when he was rolling out. Um, other than that, not really a lot of pressure. And unfortunately, that's been the story all season long for this Bears defensive line. For me, if I'm rebuilding this thing as Ryan Poles and I'm watching these games and I'm taking my notes and I'm evaluating, I'm building this 100% in the trenches. I think you need three starters on the offensive line. I think you're fine with Braxton Jones and Tevin Jenkins. I think you need probably four new guys on that defensive line in terms of starters. Maybe you could get away with starting someone like Justin Jones along with a dominant three technique. I don't know. Um, but man, they're just not, they're not getting to the quarterback. And then the two guys on the outside, Gibson, Robinson, um, and then the veteran um, Al-Qudin Muhammad, they're just really struggling to get a pass rush. So for me, looking at these last couple of games, I know there's a lot of talent to evaluate um, in different positions to evaluate. I'm looking at it like, okay, we need to just totally revamp the defensive line and pretty much revamp all the offensive line as well. Yeah, well, and I think that that kind of brings up a point that I, I was talking about on Twitter. I think that go, I think it was back on Saturday. It was actually before the Lions beat the Jets, and and I know some people laugh at it, but it, it look at what the Lions have done, right? Like if you fast, if if you rewind, sorry, not fast forward, but if you rewind a year ago, the Lions were in a very similar position to a bear, to the Bears in terms of they had a first year, you know, first year regime, uh, you know, things were not going well in terms of the record, but when you look, they had a lot of close games. They had a lot of games where frankly, they probably should have won an extra two, three, four games. If it wasn't for just some crazy stuff. I mean, Justin Tucker set the record for, you know, NFL or, you know, for length of an NFL field goal in one of those games. Um, You know, there were a few other games where they should have won as well. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving against the bears. Exactly. So it's like, you know, there were, there were, you know, and then you you fast forward to this year, they get off to that slow start, and all of a sudden, you know, they go one and six in their first seven games, and all of a sudden, over their last seven games, they've gone six and one. They're seven and seven. They're right in the midst of a uh, wild card spot right now, and they're playing like one of the best teams in the league. And again, this is, you know, obviously there's some similarities there, but it, where the parallels kind of, you know, cease to be drawn is when you're looking at how the Lions have built their team versus how the Bears are building their team. Obviously, the Bears having their quarterback situation figured out with uh, with Justin Fields is huge. But I, you know, like, but when you look at the the core differences within the rebuild, and obviously the Bears can make up some of that ground um, this offseason, is like you just pointed out, and that's in the trenches. Look at what the Lions have invested in their offensive line and defensive line over the last two years under this new regime, especially in the offensive line. I mean, you look at it, they got Panay Sewell, 
who has been playing outstanding. They have Taylor Decker as their other uh, tackle. Um, they rewarded Frank Ragnow. They have a, a good offensive line. Then you look at the defensive line, they've got some pieces there. They went out, they invested a little bit last year. They invested a little bit this year. And then obviously, you know, the receiving core has been really good. They just got Jameson Williams back. Like they're in good shape, man. I mean, and I know people laugh about it because yeah, it's the Lions. Nobody wants to believe that the Lions can actually be good and sustain success. But if you look at what they've done and the fact that they are going to have some resources, they're going to be able to go out and make some moves. They have two first round picks. And depending on what happens this weekend with that Rams and, and Denver game, they could very well end up with a top three or top four pick, right? I mean, that that's just the reality of it. Plus whatever, wherever they end up finishing, which is probably going to be anywhere from, I'd guess, I don't know, 13 to 18. You know, I I, I don't think they're going to make it in the playoffs. I, I, I think that, you know, there's, there's still a decent amount that has to go their way, but Either way, when you look at what the Lions have done, it goes back to the trenches and they build things out. They've hung with some of the guys like Jeff Okuda, for example, um, you know, and they've they've hung with some of the guys that maybe weren't the greatest out of the gate. And they've kind of let this thing go and, and develop. And I think really the big question moving forward with them is, is, is Jared Goff the type of quarterback who's going to do enough to be able to win you enough games? And I don't think Jared Goff is that good of a quarterback. I didn't think he was that good of a quarterback with the Rams. But it's hard to argue with the fact that outside of like four games this year, Jared Goff has produced pretty dang good numbers, man. I mean, their offense is one of the better offenses in the league. And obviously you would assume at some point in time that they're going to have to add a quarterback and develop him. I mean, Jared Goff's not overly, you know, I think he's what, right around like 29, 30 years old, something like that. And like, he's still relatively young. I mean, he was just drafted back in 2000, I think it was 2016. So like there is still, I mean, they still got some time. He may not even be 29 yet. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at it, but either way, like, you look at the you look at the Lions, and I think to a certain extent, you kind of have to take that type of blueprint and say, okay, now we need to focus on the trenches. The Bears are going to have a ton of money. Uh, obviously, we're going to have to see what happens with free agency. But yeah, kind of like you pointed out, I mean, they've they've got to figure out, and I think that kind of goes back to looking and saying, okay, you got Tevin Jenkins, who's very likely not going to play this week because of the the neck injury he sustained. I mean, the fact that he was even limited in their projected you know, practice, whatever, uh, you know, the practice report today is, is obviously a good sign. And then, you know, Braxton Jones, I think at this point in time, it's really hard to turn over two high quality starting uh, tackles in one off season, right? You give him another off season, you got some little bit of depth behind him. You kind of figure that out. But outside of that, it's like, then you have to figure out what are you going to do with Cody Whitehair? Um, you know, and then obviously, you know, you got the center situation to figure out because, you know, for as much crap as Sam Muster first caught, and I think obviously a lot of it has been deserved, I guess you could say, dude, Sam Mustafer has not been their primary issue in that offensive line over the last few weeks. I mean, let's be honest, it's been Cody Whitehair. So they've got to get right tackle figured out. Um, I think Alex Leatherwood is proving that he can be depth. Um, I don't know that tackle is going to be the right spot for him. I think maybe this offseason, maybe they work him in a little bit more at guard. Maybe he becomes kind of like the swing offensive lineman, um, whatever. But this is a time to kind of figure some of this stuff out. And then again, on the defensive line, Justin Jones is under contract for another year. Uh, outside of that, I, I can't really think of any guy that they have under contract moving into next year. They just did, you know, and that's going to be a spot where, yeah, Justin Jones, it would have been nice if he'd have panned out and kind of like an Akeem Hicks type signing. It is what it is. I think that you can keep him under contract for $7 million next year with the amount of cap space that they have. And I think he'll be fine. 
But now it's kind of trying to figure out, you know, is Armand Watts going to be a guy? Is Mike Pinnell going to be a guy that you want to keep in the rotation? Because, again, when you're looking at this defensive line, it's not just about the starters. It's about the depth because they like to rotate a lot. I, I don't know. I don't have the exact snap counts in front of me. And obviously things have kind of been skewed just because it's a rebuilding year and they've had injuries and trades. But if you go back to what Matt Eberflew did in uh, Indy, his two primary guys in 2021 were actually Al-Qadim Muhammad, uh, defensive end, who played over 60% of the snaps, and DeForest Buckner, who played over 60% of the snaps. So those are the only two guys in that entire defensive line and that rotation that played over 60% of the snaps. So I think that that is also worth noting where, yes, you want to have that three-tech, you want to have that dominant uh, edge rusher. I mean, frankly, at this point, I know we're we're getting a little too ahead of ourselves and we'll beat this into the ground over the next few months when we get in the offseason – but if the Bears are sitting at number two right now and they don't trade out, you're you're obviously not going to take a quarterback. Prior, or contrary to what what some weirdos on Twitter are saying that you can't rule out the Bears taking court, you can absolutely 100% rule that out. Justin Fields is the guy moving into 2023. I think Justin Fields is going to be a damn good quarterback. I think most Bears fans are probably on that on that uh, train by now. But even if you're still on the fence, I think we've seen more than enough of him this year and what he's been able to do and the fact that he's been basically a one-man band uh, with this offense uh, with arguably, I don't even know if it's arguably, I think it just is. Like he He has the worst supporting cast in all of football right now. I think you've seen enough to say, okay, we're definitely not taking a quarterback this year. There's not an offensive lineman that's going to go that high. So at that point in time, I mean, unless you're going to take Bajon Robinson, uh, which I, I don't think you can do, um, you know, as a running back and just number two overall pick, I think you got to be looking at defensive players. And the two top defensive players right now, um, as we stand here at the end of December, are going to be Jalen Carter at defensive tackle and Will Anderson um, at edge rusher. I mean, so – you're going to be able to figure out some of that just in the draft and assuming that they don't trade down, whatever, obviously, again, we're not, we're not far enough ahead, but even when you're looking at free agency, interior defensive line is going to be much easier to fill. You got Draymond Jones, who's going to be a free agent. We'll see if he gets tagged to Ron Payne, same, you know, same thing there. He's a nose tackle that can rush the passer. That is a huge value, especially in this type of defense. I think that could play, you know, that could pay a lot of gains for them. Uh, there's a few other guys. I mean, we just saw one Javon Hargrave. The only real downside with a guy like Hargrave is the fact that he's going to be 30 years old. I don't know if that really fits into what the Bears are looking to do. But again, the Bears are going to have some options in free agency and the draft to shore up some of these things. But I think that this is a time where you kind of look at some of these pieces, even in the secondary. I mean, if you're looking at corner right now, you know Kyler Gordon's going to be there. You know Jalen Johnson's going to be there. After, outside of that, it's like you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, Kendall Vildor has got a shot to start over the last two years. I thought he started off pretty strong this year. He was actually somebody that I thought, you know, over the first like seven, eight games was actually highlighted as one of my most improved players of the year. And they fell off a cliff again. So again, that's another spot. Do you see enough from Jalen Johnson where you feel comfortable with, you know, rotating those two guys in training camp and maybe bringing in a mid round draft pick? Or do you say, okay, there's a good corner class and free agency. Let's go ahead and go out and sign one of those guys, you know? And that's kind of the thing. Like there, there are questions all around this roster where again, three games at the end of the year, aren't going to exactly answer all of those questions, but it's, it's all a part of the evaluation. And, you know, when you look at bigger picture in terms of what the bears are going to do, I would still, I know Brad Biggs and a few of those, you know, a few of the beat writers don't seem to think the bears are going to have a huge turnover this year. They're thinking more like 30, you know, 30, 35, maybe 40%. 
I still think we could end up seeing close to 50% of this roster turned over again. And I think if all goes well, you know, that's where the big swing is going to come from. But if the roster doesn't turn over as much, it's going to be because they feel confident in some of the evaluations from some of these guys that maybe won't be starters, but they're depth and they can, they can come in and a pinch and start. I want to kind of do an exercise because it goes back to the first point that you made. And when you were talking about the Detroit lions, you're talking about um, how they built in the trenches in watching these games this week, you know, obviously the Minnesota Vikings had a crazy, crazy comeback um, where, you know, they were pretty much dead in the water down what 33 points. They looked awful somehow. Um, well, actually not somehow Jeff Saturday in, in the damn Colts happened. That's, exactly what happened but then watching like green bay like kind of seeing them get their hopes up a little bit they're still in the playoff race i understand that even if they got in by a miracle i don't think they're doing much so my question to you is aaron and i've asked this to a couple people already right now as it stands with cap space current roster right now um record who would you rather be in the NFC North for the next five years? Which team would you rather be in terms of your future and chance to compete for a Super Bowl? Um, and I'll let you answer yours, and then I'll give you who mine is. Just kind of rank them one through four. Okay. Well, you know, I've actually thought a decent amount about that. Um, I know this is going to be really controversial and people are going to laugh, but I honestly, I love the, the spot the Lions are in right now. That's, man. I that's really number do. one for me. That is yeah, so number I've, one. So I would go Lions, Bears in second. And really, the big thing with the Bears right now is, yes, they have a ton of resources, but you have to spend those resources wisely, right? Like you have to be able to, not only do you have to spend them wisely in 2023, but you also have to know moving forward that you, you, you're you going to need some space moving forward in 2024 and beyond because obviously you have to hope Justin Fields is going to be the guy and that you give him a $45 million a year contract. So um that's kind of where the separation is for me. I think the lions are further along. I'm still not huge on Dan Campbell, but dude, they're playing really damn well right now. They're um, a good team. They're a really good team right now. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, number three would be Minnesota. And I know like the thing is, is like, dude, the Vikings fans and I get it. Like the Vikings haven't been good in a few years. They finally made some changes to me. The Vikings are a paper tiger, man. Like if you look at, if you look at their record in one score games, and I'm not going to say that their comeback against the Colts was lucky because I I don't think lucky covers a historic, you know, 33 point, uh, you know, comeback win. Um, But I think if you look at a lot of their other games, dude, they have skin, they have skidded by, by the skin of their teeth through so many games this year. And usually that type of stuff rounds out in the end. And frankly, man, I mean, if you look at the roster, the roster starting to get older. Um, so I would have them rank three. Four would be the Packers because, like, all you have to do is look at the Packers' current cap situation to realize that at some point, one, one, Aaron Rodgers is not even close to the same quarterback that he has. But even when he has good games, Aaron Rodgers looks like like uh, Matt Ryan did a few years ago. He looks like a top ten to top twelve quarterback. He doesn't look like a top three quarterback. He doesn't look like the MVP. He didn't even look like a top five quarterback to me. Right, and then you look at. The fact that if he retires or gets traded or anything over the next like two or three years, it screws him so badly. It ends up accounting for like 50 to $60 million in dead space. Even if they want to move things around, like that number goes up every year over the next few years. 
and you start looking around, it's like they're not going to be able to afford to keep a lot of these guys. And some of the guys that they extended have not been playing that well. I just, I don't know. I don't see a really good pipeline of talent. And I know that Jordan Love had that one, you know, the one good quarter and a half or whatever. I still don't think he's that good. So honestly, for me, I, and, you know, this is no bias. This is just just how I feel, um, you know, with the Bears goggles off. I think the Packers are in a distant fourth place right now. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I would agree with that. I think if they somehow, if, if, if Jordan Love is really damn good, I think they have a case for being in that number two spot, number three spot. Um, Minnesota to me is the interesting one. I think Detroit's in a really, really good situation because they have a lot of young talent. Um, Obviously they don't have the quarterback. I don't think Jared Goff can win you a Super Bowl. Um, I think the bears have the better quarterback between those two teams. I I think the bears, you know, if, if Aaron Rodgers somehow, if he turns it on and he's Aaron Rodgers, he's still the king of the NFC North. Um, the Bears having Justin Fields as a key piece to this whole thing. Minnesota, to me, they have the best non-quarterback player in the division. Justin Jefferson is the best player in the division that's not a quarterback. Um, they have Delvin Cook. They have Adam Thielen. They're in a weird spot because I I just don't know if Kirk Cousins can do it for you. Um, and then Green Bay, like, you're right, man. Their cap situation, if they can't work that out and, you know, even if they trade Aaron Rodgers and, and take the salary, dump it, whatever they can do, if they can figure it out, I think they're in a better spot. But that that whole contract's kind of holding them back. And I just, it, it's crazy. I never thought two years ago, three years ago, we'd be saying the Detroit Lions have a brighter future than the Minnesota Vikings, the Green Bay Packers. Um and the Chicago Bears are right there at number two. And I think the main reason for the Chicago Bears for me is they have Justin Fields. They're going to have a top two to three pick. They have a lot of money to spend. They're in a rebuild. They have some promising young building blocks early on. They have to hit on all that. Because if they don't, I mean, we could be sitting here a year from now, two years from now, saying, wow, the Bears are actually fourth in that list because Ryan Poles somehow completely screwed everything up. I, I just thought it was a fun exercise to do because I, I've been thinking about it. I've been talking to people about it. And pretty much the consensus is, yeah, I mean, Detroit probably has the brightest future within the next five years um, out of all teams. And you know what? I'm rooting for the Lions to make the playoffs. I, I don't think they're going to, 
I'm rooting for them. I think it'd be fun to see them in the playoffs. It'd be a fun um, game, whoever they play, because they'll probably end up playing what someone like um, they wouldn't get the Eagles. They'd get um, they basically get the second seed, so it'd probably yeah. either be Minnesota or San Francisco. Yeah, so they'd either get the NFC West or yeah Minnesota. Um, they can beat Minnesota. Yeah, they already they, have. They had. They should. Well, they should have beat them twice. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no. I mean, it, it's just the Lions. I'm rooting for them. They're kind of a fun, scrappy little team. I, you know, I hate to say it. They're they're kind of fun to watch. So, um, yeah, Aaron. Let's uh let's get into the Bears' upcoming game because it's another tough one. Before we do that, though, and we break down the Bears and Bills, I need to tell everyone about Odds Trader. Odds Trader is the number one site for all your sports betting needs. They take all the odds, all the bonuses, all that good stuff, put it into one spot from all the major sports books. You don't have to be bouncing around the different sports books. Let's go to Odds Trader. It's all there in one spot. They handicap, play-by-play updates, live scores, player statistics, key game statistics, projected game day weather. My favorite, the Bet Tracker, which allows you to keep records of your games and betting activity as it happens. Go to oddshare.com slash blue wire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Aaron, the Bears are, gonna, are underdogs already in this game, and it's another really good offense. The Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, um, Gabriel Davis, Devin Singletary, Dawson Knox, a pretty good offensive line, a really good defense in my eyes. It's going to be a, a, a tough, tough game for the Bears. The conditions are going to be really damn cold. What do you want to see from the Bears in this one? Is it similar to what you want to see against Philadelphia? Just kind of keep it close, see where you measure up against, you know, another top two to three team in the NFL, or is there anything different you're kind of looking at? Yeah, it's basically the same script for the rest of the year for me. I mean, it's really, I think the big thing for me is keeping Justin Fields healthy, hopefully not losing any of your key players moving forward uh, for the, you know, for any, you know, amount of time going into the off season and, or uh, the beginning of next season. I think that was probably the biggest relief with the Tevin Jenkins stuff was the fact that, I mean, that looked pretty damn serious at first. So it was, it was a good thing that it ended up not being a thing, even if he didn't play the rest of the year, you have to feel pretty good about him being ready for next year. So I think like health and, and especially with Justin Fields, I think that's kind of the key. And I think kind of building off of that with Justin Fields is just like, he's facing some pretty good defenses over, well, I guess last, last week and this week, because Detroit has been playing better defensively, but the bears can score some points against Detroit and Minnesota's defense is not very good at all. I mean, they haven't been over the last few years, but Yeah, I think just seeing that steady growth from Fields and obviously him not getting killed in the pocket and him not getting killed running the ball, but I think just seeing his steady growth as a passer. We've already established at this point in time that Justin Fields is a prolific runner. I mean, he he has these runs every week where you're just like, how in the hell did he do that? And that's going to continue. I would like to hope um moving into next year and beyond he won't have to run as much kind of as we've seen with Lamar Jackson where it hasn't been nearly as big of a part of his game as things move on but I think in in terms of progression as a passer we've seen that over the last few weeks I would I would actually argue that really like even though you look at his numbers in terms like passer rating you know touchdown interception ratio all that stuff and you know even completion percentage I would actually argue that this last week for Justin Fields is probably his worst game over the last, I'd say probably what, four or five weeks. And that's not, it wasn't even a bad game. It just wasn't, that wasn't, you know, that's was probably the worst game that he's played in that time frame, which I think really speaks to how well he's played lately. And 
And I think just seeing those progressions as him as a passer um, continue to move forward like they have. I'd, I'd really like to see him have at least one game before the end of the year where he throws for like 250, 300 yards. I mean, they are starting to throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, hopefully they can get Claypool back. Hopefully they can get Harry back. Hopefully, you know, Cole Komet can kind of continue to, um, you know, ascend the way that he has been lately. And I think just defensively, just kind of figuring out some of the depth pieces. I don't think there's really a lot of starting pieces that get figured out at this point, especially with Sanborn gone. But again, man, just kind of that development and really more than anything, just kind of keeping keeping guys healthy, especially the long-term guys. That, that's kind of where I'm at. And I think you bring up a good point. You know, Justin Fields had a 119 passer rating, but what we've seen, you know, he's had better games. Um, I, I thought he was pretty good on Sunday. And I, I what I want to see is I, I like it when opposing players and opposing fans give Justin Fields respect. And I think we saw that from the Philadelphia Eagles. Darius Slate said, said something, doubled down on it um, after the game. Eagles fans were in my mentions, the Bearport mentions, talking about Fields and how they respect him, the comparison Jalen Hurts. I want that. I want I want him to, in a way, go toe-to-toe with Josh Allen if he can. I want him to show the rest of the NFL, like, yeah, I am for real. I'm good. It's time to start respecting me. Obviously, the player evaluations um, are also very important, too. And for me... You know, someone like Jalen Jones, a, a guy who's getting a shot in that secondary. I don't know if he'll start this week because um, maybe Kendall Villar might be coming back. But guys like that, you know, um, well, Elijah Hicks get in the game and maybe make some plays on special teams or, or, or at safety. Kendall Quan Brisker continue to play well. How does he respond to a big mistake that he made, allowing Jalen Hurts to pretty much go 20 yards untouched up the middle for a, a crucial touchdown in that game? So seeing that type of stuff, for me, um, and, and it's a lot easier too when you are facing a team that is so much better than you. Like, let's face it, the the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. The Buffalo Bills have a case to be the F- best team in the NFL. Like, they're both that good. And you know, if we're comparing the Bears to the Detroit Lions, yeah, you can still evaluate and stuff like that. But for me, it's easier. Like, how do you match up with the best? How do you match up with teams that are going to the playoffs? Teams that have star quarterbacks. Teams that have Super Bowl aspirations and a legit shot to make it that's where i want to see and i and i think the bears handled the eagles game well this one you know a little different it's christmas eve maybe you know score gets out of hand guys kind of want to get out of there we'll have to see I, I don't know if that'll be the case but i'm just looking for the evaluation I, i'm looking for the respect um for justin fields as well yeah definitely i i, I think that's definitely you know it's been interesting to hear some of the like opposing defenders and opposing players as a whole just kind of praise field over the last few weeks you know and, and it's a huge it, it's just a huge departure from what we saw with trubisky where it seemed like every single week it seemed like you know opposing players were kind of taking digs at him every every single step of the way even in year two when he was making the stride so it's just a lot of this feels differently and again like you know, we, we talk a lot about what they need and obviously, you know, Ryan Poles has got to go out and have a really good off season. He's got to, he's got to piece together multiple drafts um, of, of key players, but this gets considerably easier next year and beyond for the bears of Justin Fields is that guy and ascends into being, you know, that top five, top seven quarterback. Cause then all of a sudden you've got your quarterback. If you get the pieces around him, then other players will want to come and play around him. It's going to be, 
I don't know. I'm just, I, and again, like you never want to wish away, um, you know, the NFL season, even for as bad as the bears have been over the last few years in terms of record, this has still been a considerably more exciting and fun year to watch. And it was at any point last year. I mean, the bears won six games last year. The bears may not win another game this year. They, they could have half the win total and they're going to be twice as fun as anything that we saw last year. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, but, uh, you know, with that being said, it's also one of those, like, I'm ready for the offseason. I'm ready to see how this all plays out. We had to sit through, you know, the the teardown and the, the the minimalistic moves and and kind of setting things forward and hoping that Justin Fields was able to progress despite everything around him and hoping that we'd see other developments. And I think overall, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, you know, or if you feel differently, but I feel like that mission has been accomplished. I feel like the bears have done mostly everything that you would like to hope. Obviously Justin Fields is first and foremost, and probably, you know, lists, you know, numbers uh, one through five on that list. But I think that there's been some other quality developments um, along the roster. You've gotten some clarity. Uh, you've got some areas where maybe these guys aren't going to be long-term, long-term starters, but I think you've got at least some of these, you know, some of your holes going into the year, you've got some of those figured out. And you've also got a lot figured out in terms of, you know, that you're going to need to do better than what you have right now. So yeah, I think really preservation mode and just kind of looking for the same thing over these next few games, realizing that wins and losses doesn't really matter. I know that some people are still going to decide on the fact of if the bears can win games and they should win games. I, I think that I think another loss won't be too bad. Cause at this point in time, the worst that they can pick is four if they lose, a, if they win a game. Uh, but I think if they lose out over these next three um, it's not going to impact any carryover from next year. There's going to be no momentum built or lost or whatever. But I think that picking number two overall opens up a lot of avenues for them to help them not only this coming off season, but in future off seasons as well. So it's, yeah. it's definitely a balance. Yeah. It's a balance for sure. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And it's just, you know, it, it's like you said, if they're probably not going to win another game the rest of the year, now you have to hit on your draft pick. You, you absolutely have to find a game record starts with the trenches. Um, Aaron, as we always do, let's make our prediction in X Factor. I'll let you go first this week. It's Bears Bills Saturday afternoon, Christmas Eve. Give me your X Factor and your prediction. Well, I feel like if I, because I projected the Bears the last two weeks to get blown out and they've kept the games close. And I feel like if I go out on a limb this week and say this game is going to be close, then they'll end up getting blown out. So I'm going to predict another blowout just because I, I don't. Honestly, I'd rather see them lose at this point just in terms of like long-term ramifications. Uh, but I, I, I obviously want to see the games be close. I want to see them be competitive and I want to see them be excited uh, or exciting. So I'll go ahead and say 34-20 bills. Um, and then as far as the X factor, it, you know, this is going to be kind of a generic thing, I guess, but protect Ashton Fields. Um, uh, luckily, the Bills don't have quite the defensive front, especially with Von Miller being out. They don't have quite the the defensive front that the uh, that the Eagles do. But in a lot of ways, the, the Bills and Eagles are built very similarly. They both have really good offenses. They both have really good defenses. Um, you know, they have, I would say that they have a better secondary than the Eagles. So that'll be something to kind of keep an eye on. But Hopefully they can keep Justin Fields protected because there's a pretty good chance that Cody Whitehair is not going to play. There's a pretty good chance that uh, Tevin Jenkins isn't going to play. 
Um, so it's going to be a very challenging week in that regard. And and that's kind of my main thing, because obviously if Justin Fields gets hurt um, halfway through this game or at any point in this game and misses the last two games, and man, it's going to be a rough watch and there's really no incentive to watch this team. So I guess that would be my X factor, even if it's for selfish reasons. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think the Bills are going to win this game. I think it's going to be somewhere like 30-23 Bills. Um I think it's going to be cold. I think both teams are going to kind of feel that. I know the Bills just played in, the, in a snow game, another cold game. They played in a couple this year. Um, my ex record for me is the secondary. Can you force some more takeaways? I thought they did a good job against Jalen Hurts. Now you have Josh Allen. Can you force him into some throws? He's a type. He's a really good quarterback, but he's a type of quarterback. He's going to give you some throws that, you know, especially some risky throws. He'll make some incredible throws that you'll be like, wow, but he'll also make some pretty damn risky throws um, and give you a chance to pick some balls off. Let's see if you can take advantage of that and go down and get some points. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go 30-23 Bills. Um, I just think, you know, honestly, I, I don't. I hate to root against the Bears to lose. I'm never rooting for them to lose, but it's, it's a better interest for them to lose in terms of draft pick. Yeah, and I think it's also it's also worth noting just before we wrap this up uh, for everybody listening, the game is on Saturday. Um, I know that's going to yes. throw quite a few people off because Christmas is Sunday. There's only three games on Sunday for Christmas. The game is on Saturday, normal time. It'll be on CBS. But just keep that in mind so you don't make any Saturday plans on Christmas Eve and then, you know, end up getting halfway out doing something and realize that the Bears game's on and you're wondering why you're missing it. So just just worth uh, worth noting there. Yes, yes. Um, Bears haven't played on Christmas Eve since 2017. No, yeah, 17 Bears-Browns um, at Soldier Field. It was a snow game. And then they played on Christmas Eve, I think, a couple years before that, too. They got blown out by um, Kirk Cousins and the uh, then-Washington Redskins, the now-Washington Commanders. So, yeah, one and one their last two Christmas Eve games. I'm trying to, I can't think of any other ones that stood out on Christmas Eve. I know they played Christmas Day a couple times. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it should be a fun one. Uh, I like the Bills. I have family in Buffalo. They're kind of my AFC team. I've always liked to see them do well. I hope they win the Super Bowl this year. So, yeah, it'll be fun to kind of watch out there. Aaron, thanks again for joining me, man. Working on follow you on Twitter. Working on read your work. Yep, you can find me at Twitter on Aaron Lemming NFL, or at Aaron and Lemming NFL. And then you can also uh, read my work on thebearreport.com. Awesome. You can follow the Bear Report at just Bear Report on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. It really helps out um, the podcast, us, and picks for polls, which will be a good one um, for draft content uh, the rest of the way here this offseason. We're going to kind of ramp things up here pretty soon. Until next time, everyone, please stay safe. Have a happy holiday season. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.